Ephesians chapter number one, if you will. We're going to kind of, I titled this morning, The Rest of the Story. Uh, and uh, we're going to do some things quickly uh, on, the, on the board. And then we're going to talk about uh, how, this, how the glory plan is going to play out. Then we're going to go back and we're going to go back to heaven. And we're going to go take a look around what heaven looks like. And we're going to see the creatures that are in the heavenly places right now. And so we're going to go, kind of go back and have, uh, ha, ha, do some of that kind of looking around and studying. When Paul says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 12 there about whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. Heaven will not be a foreign land to you. It will be very familiar to you. you and, and we're going to uh, develop some of that out for you and uh, look at that. Okay, Ephesians chapter number 1 uh, we were looking last time down in verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And we've looked. I'm going to be over here. We're going that way. We're going to use the whole board this morning. We, we have been looking over the time. Here you and I are in time, and we come to the end of the dispensation of grace. Okay? In here, if you die, to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Where is the Lord? Third heaven. Right? Okay? change the chalk all right when the lord comes back first thessalonians chapter number four when we, we went down through all those details the lord himself now when this happens we're in the second heaven we call that the universe when we look out there the starry sky the galaxies the milwaukee the milwaukee the milky way you know i don't know I haven't had this much fun in front of people in a, in, in a few months here. The, you have the Milky Way, you've got all the galaxies, you know, the black holes, all that stuff out there, okay? That container, we talked about that early on, months ago, about how God has a container, and he contains, and he puts this container on, and it's a rectangle in shape where it's to hold in sin and the adversary and not allow it to corrupt out into other things. So the Lord himself is going to descend, He's going to descend with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. Come over there to 1 Thessalonians 4, just so we see it here. Okay? Verse number 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ, they're going to go first. Then we which are alive and remain, right? We're going to meet the Lord in the air. Now, the shout is a shout of victory. The dispensation of grace is over. The, it's time for the dogs to come home. The DOG is over. The voice of the archangel, Michael, he's the archangel, he stands. And his presence is an indication of the resumption of Israel's program now. The dispensation of grace is over. Israel's program is going to pick up where it was interrupted which, by the way, is Acts chapter 7. 
So when it was interrupted in Acts chapter 7, what was going on in Israel's program? What was it time to have? It was time for the 70th week of Daniel, right? And for wrath to come, right? Hopefully I gave myself enough room there. So that's where it's going to pick up. The trump of God is the issue of one blow to get the dead in Christ up, two blow to change that, those that are alive and remain to also be caught up. Two blows of the trumpet. One, the incorruption must, or corruption must put on incorruption. Blow number two, mortal should put on immortality. We're up. We meet the Lord at the air. That's the judgment seat of Christ. Okay? At the judgment seat of Christ, the capacity of your inner man is for the capacity of your inner man for service is identified. You've seen all the people with going through graduations this month and drive-bys and all that stuff. That was really cool to see Buckeye go out on the racetrack and the NASCAR track and, and ride around. That was pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, okay. It made the national news, by the way. So anyway, so you see all that, gra well, this is our graduation. We're that inner man. We're raised in our new bodies. And that inner man goes through the fire, the judgment of the truth of the word of God. And what's judged there is that issue of gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Those items that you're going to build in onto your foundation. One, you build, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 10, how you put in your inner man. And then two, how you did with others. What was your relationship to other people? Who did you let build in on your foundation? And how did you interact with other people? How were you building in on others? See how it's, it's important to what you're saying and doing with other people because what are you doing? You are building in. You want an illustration, Galatians chapter 1. Hopefully you've been with us all along here. I'm doing this quickly because... We got to get it on the board, okay? Galatians 1, look at verse number 6. All right? Galatians 1, verse number 6. The, here's an illustration of point number 2, if you will. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you un, into, the God, uh, into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be, notice that, some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. The Galatians are being attacked. Okay? But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. There's the guy laying it in on their, bringing it to them, let him be accursed. Now watch the next verse. Anytime Paul repeats something, you got to pay attention. And you got to pay real close attention. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have, notice that word, received. In other words, I can stand up here and teach to you all day long and then go in one ear and out the other and he's a bunch of hogwash, he's an idiot, he doesn't know what he's talking about and you leave. Or what do you do with it? You receive it. That means you've allowed me to build on your foundation. So you've got those things going on. By the way, there's a third one over there about, uh, yea, all those who live godly shall suffer in the, the godly life. But that's really you. What, 2 Corinthians 5.10. 
What did you do in this body, good or bad? Okay, so the capacity, that's what the judgment seat of Christ is. Here's your graduation certificate. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ then takes us, you with me? You're in 1 Thessalonians 4, right? Not anymore. 1 Thessalonians 3. Let's go there quickly now. 1 Thessalonians 3.13. We leave this meeting. We have our certificate in hand. Here's our diploma. Okay? It, this is going to be such a tremendous happy day. Oh, happy day. You won't be going, oh, school again. No. It'll be, when you graduated high school or college, what were you? I'm glad I am done, and I'm out, and I'm free. That's what this is going to be like. <laughs> Woohoo! we're done. Verse 13, 1 Thessalonians 3.13. To the end he may establish your hearts unblameable and holiness before God, even our Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. He's going to leave us, he's going to take us after the meeting. Here's that verse, Ephesians 5, verse 27, where he talks about presenting the body, the church to himself, glorious and un without blemish and perfect and holy. Ephesians 5, 27. He takes us up to the third heaven. Who's in the third heaven? The Father is. He takes us to the Father in the third heaven. Now let me ask you something. That's way up there, by the way. Why does he take us to the third heaven? Who is still in the second heaven? Satan, the prince, the power of the air. There's going to be a war over here now in heaven. Who's in the second heaven? He is. But who else is there, by the way? Michael and his angels are there. What's, what does Michael say? Time to start the program of Israel up. And who does he stand for? Israel. He's the prince. We go to the father. The Father says, now this is all in the third heaven. I'm out of room and I can't reach any higher. Okay? The third heaven, the Father says, I've got positions of rank and authority and government that I'm now going to place you into. They are principalities, remember, powers, mights, thrones, dominions, Rulers, ah, and I, there's an eighth one, the spiritual wickedness, but I throw those guys in the every other name that's named group, okay? So you got, should have seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all right? If you think about this like a piece of pie, slice of pie, by the way, pizza ought to be cut in squares, just FYI, all right? What do you got? You got your pea? You just start throwing them out there, right? You got your rulers, and that every other name, that name is the big group. Because what does it take to go to heaven? What does it take to be raptured up when he calls? Just trusting Christ. How many people is that going to be? Billions. Who will have all men to be saved. Isn't that interesting? and come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, the condition for going to heaven and being in the structure isn't the knowledge of the truth. The standard is to be saved. 
See, that and is critical in that verse. So you're going to have a lot of people that are just going to be happy to be there. That's why I picture it like that slice of pizza, plus it's almost noon. Okay? So here's the government of the heavenly places, right? Okay? You with me? We good? Yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Yes. 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 Rise first. They, you'll be rising from the ground. Just You and I, that's a great question. I, look at Romans 6. Because, and I want you guys to make sure we're understanding this. Look at Romans 6. Because why in the world do you have to come back down to be resurrected when you're kind of already in his presence? Because the issue of resurrection is the mechanism by which you get your new body. Okay? Follow that? Romans 6, verse number 3, verse number 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. Now watch. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead. So like you, how Christ was raised up by the glory of the Father, even so we also... See that? Should, be, should walk in the newness of life. He's going to take our vile body, change it, like his, fashion it like his glorious body. We, we have, because we have that co-identity with him, we have to walk the same steps that he did. Because he died our death. He, died, he paid our second death. He's buried and he was raised. So, so the dead in Christ have to follow that. The only mechanism, the only thing that we have not been able to follow him in in our reality is resurrection. That's why they which are alive are going to be what? Changed. We didn't die. We're, we're standing here. So if the Lord comes back, oh, he didn't come back yet. Okay. If the Lord comes back, this room today, before we're done, this room will be filled with nothing but empty clothes. Piles of clothes. The doors will be open. The neighbors will walk in and say, what in the world? Who drank the Kool-Aid? Yep, he changes the vile body. Philippians 3. Look at it. Philippians 3. Okay? I want to make sure you understand this because we're going to go talk about Israel here now. Okay? And, And believe me... Debbie's question has been questions I've gotten. That's why I redo this almost every time because I'm getting questions from other people that are watching, and that's fine. Philippians 3, verse 20. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. How does he change it? Corruption puts on incorruption. Mortal puts on immortality that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. That's why the dead in Christ shall rise first. They literally are going to leave the third heaven, come down, and come right back up. Now, this is happening in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. You know those, you ever see those chick tracks, and they got people flying out of the graves? You won't see that because it's done. 
It's that, fa- I mean, it's twinkling of an eye is faster than that. I mean, it's, it's done. We're caught up into the meeting in the air. Remember we talked about those clouds? That pavilion that's going to hide away, hide all this activity from the earth down here. I think about that. Look over at Acts 1. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse number 9. And when he had spoken these things, the Lord's talking to the, to the disciples, the little flock. While they beheld, he was taken up and a what? A cloud received him out of their sight. See how that cloud, we're caught, we meet in the clouds in the air. We're going up, okay? He takes us, the Father sets us into the glory, the government of the heavens, okay? Meanwhile, the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, okay? Come back with me to Exodus 19. You have another program going on in the scriptures. Did I, Debbie, did I answer your question? Okay, all right. No, I, I believe me. The last thing I want is for there to be something hanging on. Exodus 19. Look at Exodus 19. Now you have us. The body of Christ is out. Israel's program is now back on. This is on our chart is the area of the ages to come. Okay? Look at Exodus 19, verse 3. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. All right, the events of the Red Sea, the plagues, the whole bit. All right? Now, therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For all the earth is mine, and ye shall be unto me a what? A kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. There's the hope of the nation of Israel, and that is the issue of a kingdom. They are going to be a kingdom people. They are a kingdom people. You go back in Genesis 12. You start in Genesis 12 with Abraham and the issue where God calls out Abraham and he, produce, and he says to Abraham, you're my guy. Your seed line, I'm gonna, you're my people. He just in chapters 10 and 11 let the Gentiles go into their own way. He confounded the languages. They were one world, one language, all that stuff. He confounded it and he let him go. And he says, by the way, this earth will never be one world, one language. Okay? Until the kingdom of our God sits on the earth. I'm just telling you. I know what the politicians say. I know what the undercurrent conspiracy people say. It's all a bunch of, it just is. It won't be until God sets his kingdom back on the earth, finally, the new Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth, where everybody's back to one. Okay? So I tell you what, knowing some of this stuff helps when you get bombarded with all this crud. The hope of Israel. So God says, Abraham, you're my guy. 
Abraham then makes Genesis 17 a covenant with Abraham. Covenant of, circ of circumcision. At that moment, what did God do? He said, there's going to be two groups of people now. The Gentiles and my people. They're not called Jews yet. They're my people. The Gentiles and my people. Abraham's seed. He reaches down and he says it's going to be Isaac, not Ishmael. You guys are God's people today, okay? You guys are the Gentiles, sorry. He looks at it and he says, Isaac, not Ishmael. Jacob, not Esau. And he divides them out. Okay? Come back with me to Daniel chapter 2. Over with me to Daniel chapter 2. Gotta put your thinking cap on here. Folks, when you hear me, when I'm teaching and stuff, all this is in my head. All this needs to be in your head as well, okay? Daniel 2. Kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> Daniel 2. What happens? <clears throat> I told you Daniel 2, right? Hold on to Daniel 2. Run to Deuteronomy. Just real quick. Deuteronomy 1. I told you it's all got to be there. Deuteronomy 1. Deuteronomy 1, notice, if you will, verse 8. Uh, verse 1, these be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness. Okay? Verse 8, Deuteronomy 1, 8. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto you, unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. You know what he's saying to Moses? You're my people. Go in. It's time to go in. They send the spies in, you know, and all that good stuff in the rest of the history. Daniel 2. The hope of Israel, folks, is this issue of a kingdom, but there's a seed line involved. Starts with Abraham, goes to Isaac, goes to Jacob, then goes to the 12 tribes, the 12 boys. But the 12 is a big number, isn't it? A lot of people. So then out of the 12, we're going to have... Judah pop up, Jesse, and then out of Jesse comes David, king, and guess who came from him? The Lord Jesus Christ, right? Okay, Daniel 2, drop over, if you will, just for time, to verse 44, 244. And in the days of these kings shall, God, shall the God of heaven set up a, what? A kingdom. The goal of prophecy, the focus of all of the prophetic scriptures, is the issue of God setting up a kingdom, which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall, be, uh, shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. It's going to be God's kingdom. Come over to Micah, Micah chapter 4. It's going to belong on the earth. And God's going to set up his kingdom on the earth, and it's going to rule and reign over the earth. It's going to do what Adam, um, um, Micah 4, Nahum, Micah 4. It's going to do what Adam failed to do coming out of the garden, and he's going to get it done. Micah 4, really the whole chapter here, but just for sake. Oh, man, where to go? Verse 13. By the way, verse 3, well, verse 1. 
But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. That mountain, in prophetic scriptures, mountain is a type of a kingdom. It is not a geographical, like, superstition mountains. Mountains are kingdoms. We don't have the time to run the verses, but that's what they are. He's going to set up a kingdom, and the people shall flow unto it. Verse 3, and he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against the nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. What's going to happen there? The righteous judge is on the throne. There's peace now. You don't need the United Nations. you got the right guy on the thing. Verse 13, Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make thee, I will make thine horn iron, and I will make thy hooves brass, and they shall beat in pieces many people, and I will consecrate their gain unto the Lord, and their substance unto the Lord of the what? Whole earth. He's back in charge. Again, that's in the future out here, and it's in the kingdom. Come over to Deuteronomy chapter... F- oh, man... Deuteronomy 4. Let's just do this quickly. Folks, there is such, so much groundwork to be laid in to catch what's going to happen, so we're going to go quicker, okay? My slowdown just went go quicker, <laughs> okay? Deuteronomy chapter 4. So just hang on. I'll, I'll repeat the, the references to you. Deuteronomy chapter number 4, start in verse number 5. Deuteronomy 4, verse 5. Moses says to the the nation, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land, whether ye go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nation, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. The law, the Mosaic law, Will be is what is going to run and rule in the kingdom. Now, it's not going to be under the if and then principles. It's going to be under the messianic principles of a free gift, the new covenant. Okay? So the Mosaic law, the messianic law, in its content are the same because it's God's law. It's the law of God. The Mosaic law says it's an if and then principle. If you perform, then you get the blessing. If you don't, you get the cursing. The Messianic law says, listen, it's not about you doing it. It's about your heart thing, and I'm the one that's going to fix that. Okay? The the new covenant. All right? Come over to Jeremiah chapter 3. Isaiah, Jeremiah. Jeremiah 3. Jeremiah 3. So the law is what's going to be back on board. And I'm writing this under here, and it's going to be in my way, but... It'll scratch out. Jeremiah 3 and verse number 17. At that time they shall call Jerusalem the what? The throne of the Lord. And all the nations shall be gathered unto it to the name of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their evil heart. That only takes place in the kingdom. But Jerusalem is the city of the great king, Matthew says. So the city is the kingdom, the throne room is going to sit in Jerusalem, isn't it? Okay? 
Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9. Uh, you know what? Psalms 2. Psalms 2. Just hang on. Psalms 2. Psalms 2 verse 8. This is requoted to them in Acts 1 there, where we were just a minute ago. Psalms 2 verse 8. Psalms 2 verse 8. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the, notice, uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. This kingdom's going to extend the whole earth. It's not just going to be a piece of it. It's going to be the whole kit and caboodle. Okay? Zechariah chapter number 8. Zechariah chapter 8. You guys have been gone too long. We're going to run your fingers through the Old Testament today. Zechariah chapter 8. Zechariah chapter 8. Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, right before the end of the Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 8. And it shall come to pass that as ye have a curse, I'm sorry, that as ye were a curse among the heathen. Verse 13, I'm sorry, Zechariah 8, 13. Okay. O house of Judah and house of Israel, so will I save you, and ye shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. Just go right across the page to verse 20. Well, you need to start in 20, but just 23. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all the languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. It's going to impact everybody. And the, that Jew is going to be able, come, over, come back over to Daniel 9, he's going to be able to look and to communicate in the issue of speaking of tongues. That's what Acts 2 is all about. And they're going to look at him and say, you're talking my language, let's go. I like that, let's go. Okay? Daniel chapter 9. Let's get a little timing in here, okay? Daniel chapter 9. So you got a lot going on here, all right? Daniel chapter 9, starting in verse 24. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. Now, there's going to be a time schedule here. And this is where it's going to get tricky, but uh, we'll just do it. All right? There's going to be a time schedule that's going to cover prophecy. Israel worked on a calendar. Israel never worked by the seat of their pants. They did everything on a calendar. And he says, here's the calendar. Seventy weeks. Now, the 70, the 70 weeks are 70 weeks of years. That's what it is, okay? It's, and by the way, there are many weeks. There's weeks of weeks of weeks. So a week is seven years and, all, and good stuff, okay? It's determined upon thy people. Who is that? That's Israel. He didn't determine this on the Gentiles. He determined this on who? Israel. So this is information dealing and pertaining to who? Israel, okay? Verse 25. Now know therefore and understand that from the going forth uh, and uh, to restore and to build what? There's an order to go and to build what? Jerusalem. That's Nehemiah chapter number 2, okay? There's an order. So from going forth to restore and to build Jerusalem. Notice it is not the temple. It's Jerusalem. Why? Who sits in Jerusalem? The king does. Okay? 
By the way, he tells Israel, don't you know that God's not up there in that box of a house? He's over here now in the people. He's not up there. He's over here in the people. To re- and to, uh, to restore and to build the kingdom unto Messiah the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. So we're going to have seven weeks, and then we're going to go all the way down out here to the Messiah's cut off. That's 62 weeks. That's 69 weeks, right? Isaiah chapter 53 says the cutting off of the Messiah is the cross. All right? Now, by the way, you want to know how they know how, when he's going to be born. They know when this is. That's 483 years. They start backing that bad boy up and say, okay, he's going to be born right there, and they got it. They know he's going to be 33 years old. That's, so they got the 33. Okay? You with me? I didn't just lose you, did I? A whole bunch of stuff going on in here. Now, the Lord shows up. He's made of a woman. He's made on time. Boom. He comes in. Lord Jesus Christ is born. Heavens open. Angels sing. Peace and all that good stuff. We, know, we understand the, 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 the story. Now come over with me to Luke. Uh, to Luke Ma- Matthew 10. Just go there. <clears throat> He's doing something here, folks. Matthew 10. What's the goal in Israel? That kingdom. We got a timeline. We got 69 weeks. The 70th week sits up here of wrath and judgment. You finish reading Daniel 9, you'll see that, okay? I guess we should have did that. Hold on to Matthew 10. Go back there to Daniel 9. Because some of this stuff is what people start yelling about today, you know, and the virus stuff and all these rumors and all this blah, 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 blah. What is this determined upon? Israel has nothing to do with you. Follow that? I mean, I hear this stuff, and I hear Bible-believing grace believers say some of this stuff. And what does Daniel 9.24 say? Seventy weeks are determined upon the body of Christ. No, Israel. Verse 25, unto the Messiah, the middle of the verse, the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks, and the street will be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. That's, uh, that's Nehemiah, Esther, Ezra, all that in there. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. There's the cross, but not for himself. Uh, and, and the people of the prince that shall come, that's the Antichrist, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and under the end, and by the way, the flood there, back there in Revelation 12, the adversary is going to send a flood out to kill Israel, the Jews and all that stuff, it's right there, okay? And, and, the, and unto the end of the war, desolations are determined, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. See that? And in the middle, the, notice it's midst of the week, not middle of the week, the midst of the week. He shall cease the sacrifice and the oblation, uh, uh, and the oblation for, to cease, and, and for the overspreading of the abomination, he shall make it desolate, and so on. So you got a lot going on there. Go to Matthew 10. The Lord shows up. And we can spend some time looking at that if you'd like, but there's a lot going on there, okay? The 70th week of Dan, uh, Daniel is ratified, starts with the signing of the covenant between Israel and the Antichrist. The Antichrist, as a man of sin, is a politician. He's an Assyrian. He's half Jew, half Gentile. He can walk in both quarters politically and get it done. He's a man. That's all he is. He's not George Bush, Bill Clinton, 
uh, President Obama, President Trump, Hitler, any of those guys. You know how you know? All those guys are born and lived when? The body of Christ, the dispensation of grace. <laughs> That's pretty simple. Okay? Plus, they don't match any of the qualifications of the, of the Antichrist. So then guess what? China is not the Antichrist. Sorry. Bust that bubble. By the way, the mask is not the mark of the beast either. Bust that bubble. Okay? 69 weeks, 33. He's on board. What's he doing? Matthew 10. What's he doing? Matthew chapter 10. Who shows up? Matthew 10 verse 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease in the name of the 12 apostles or what? And then he names them. So now we've got 12 apostles. We've got the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got the 12 apostles, don't we? Come over to Matthew 19. It's important to catch why he chose 12, by the way. 12 belongs to who? Israel. Hey, hey, that was pretty easy. Woo. Matthew 19, verse 27. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And people say, oh, look at Peter, self-centered. No, do you, you, know, you understand, I hope, that the requirement for discipleship in the little flock in the nation of Israel was a forsaking of all and following him. It was not having houses and bank accounts and parents and relatives and relationships. It was forsaking all that. The Lord says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to divide. Husband from wife, wife from, from husband, family members, cut them, divide. Why? Because the issue is following me because of who he is. Now watch what he answers in verse 28. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall do what? Sit on the throne. What are they going to get? Twelve thrones. I'm doing this over here for just now. Judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Do you see what's beginning to develop here? Government is beginning to develop. You go back to Numbers. Numbers 1, we won't go because of time. Moses numbers out the people, takes the census of the people. In Numbers 1, verse 16, he calls the princes, the heads over all the, all the tribes. Guess how many showed up? Isaiah 1, the Lord says, I'll, I'll give you back all of your judges and your counselors. Isaiah 32, he says, I'll restore all your princes. So we have a government being established. Come over to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37. Back to Ezekiel. See, folks, you have a, 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 a government. The Lord Jesus Christ is going to sit. David is going to sit on the throne. You're going to have... Oh, I messed that up, didn't I? All right. Hang tight. It's going to get ugly. You have the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to have David. You're going to have the 12 apostles. You're going to have the 12 tribes. And then you're going to have the Gentile 
believers. Okay? That's the structure in the kingdom. Ezekiel 37. You get there? I didn't. I'm getting there. Ezekiel 37, verse 11. Ezekiel 37, 11. He just gave them a picture of the valley of dry bones. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. Uh, verse 11. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of who? Israel. Isn't that interesting? You know what those bones are? They're not the Mormon church. Mormons say they are. That's where they come from. Don't know. Who are they? What's the book say? They, they're who? Israel. Isn't that interesting? Crazy thing, isn't it? Belongs to Israel. Verse 15. The word of the Lord came unto me and said unto me, uh, came unto, again, again unto me and saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel his companion. Then on another stick write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, for all the house of Israel his companion. And join them one to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thy hand. Who, who in the world are the two sticks? Judah and Israel, the split that happened after, under Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Put them back to what? To one nation. Again, not the Mormons. Oh, by the way, not the British Gentiles either, the British Jew guys over here. Not any of that mess. It's who? What does the book say? We're talking about Israel. Now watch verse 34, or I'm sorry, 24. 20, well, yeah, 23. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions. But I will save them out of all their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them. So shall they be my people, and I will be their God. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. When Ezekiel writes this book, David is a dead man living in a sepulcher. And what does he just say that's going to happen there? David is going to reign. So then that means David's got to be what? Resurrected. See, there, when he comes back in his second coming over here, there's 75 days of a transition, of an inauguration, where David and the Old Testament saints get ushered into the kingdom, resurrected. They get a new body. It just belongs on the earth. Never to die again, never to get sick, never to get old. Isn't that interesting? When the Lord comes and he's in his earthly ministry, what's he doing? He's calling the little flock together because what is, what, he looks over there and to that apostate nation, he says, I'm taking the kingdom from you, the authority from you, and I'm giving it to a little flock of believers over here. Remember that? No? Yes? Go back to Matthew. Come on. You got. You see, folks, when the Lord came, he came to save the lost sheep of the house of Israel, Matthew 21. But he also came to establish his government for the kingdom. And he's establishing it. And he's going to resurrect these guys into these positions. Matthew 21, verse 43. Therefore say I unto you, 
the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. And the you here are the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That's who he's talking to. And given to a nation. Now, what usually happens, and the New Bibles put that as a plurality, a nation's, and add an S on it, so that they can say, see, he's going to give it to the Gentiles. He ain't giving it to no Gentiles. Who was the promise made to? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, right? Israel. He's going to set up the twelve. This is the government. That's one of the things that he's doing in his earthly ministry is setting up the government. You, you got you with? Okay. All right. So you and I, guess what you and I are doing up here? We're having a blast. What's he doing down here? He's resuming the program. What's he, I mean, we, we're, we're raptured out. The interruption's over. Acts 7 is in play now. What did Stephen see the Lord doing? Standing, ready to come back in what? Wrath and war. Now quickly, because time's up. You ready? Oh, man, this is so much fun. Come over to Revelation 7. So, folks, if you can understand this, you don't have to get it all. I don't have it all. I'm just scratching the surface with this. You can catch this. You can turn that stupid TV off. You can turn that stupid Internet off, except for YouTube when you're watching us, okay? <laughs> all right? You can get rid of all of that because you will know what's happening. Paul tells the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5, you know perfectly about the day of the Lord. That's what we're talking about. There's no reason for any of you, of us, who understand the word rightly divided, to be confused by anything that gets thrown at us. And you are because you choose to be. And you, but you shouldn't be. Look at Revelation 7. Verse 4, I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000 of all of the body of Christ. No, who? Tribes of Israel, right? Now, go back up a verse 3, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their forehead. And what's the number? 144,000. The 144,000, just quickly without running for time. I know I've said that a couple times, but the time will be up in a minute. The 144,000 operate outside of the signing of the covenant with the Antichrist. Their main goal, okay, if you think about Acts, let's think about the book of Acts. What's going on in the book of Acts? You have... The 12 apostles and the little flock, right? At the rapture, all of the saved individuals are taken home to be with the Lord. What's left on the earth? Unsaved people. But now what is God able to do? He's able to reach down into human history and intervene, isn't he? So you got 144,000 that he are Jews. He's beginning to resurrect these guys operate, right here, operate similar to the 12 apostles. They are not the 12 apostles, but what they do in their conduct and their activity is to go out now and to get the little flock back up and running. 
they literally have another Acts 2 type event happen. They're able to speak in tongues. They're able to communicate. The seven churches, which are there in, you know, in Revelation here, right? They're working. But where are those churches? All over the Mediterranean Sea area. They're not in America. Sorry, Charlie. Because what's their job? Their job is to get that little flock flowing. So they get the little flock flowing, the man-child, if you will. Come over to Revelation 12. I mean, hey, guys, man, this is... Revelation 12, Woo, you get, I, I don't know, I don't want to stop, <laughs> okay? But what happened, <laughs> over here they're like, please stop, we're done. They get Revelation 12, okay? Now, what happens to the 144,000? They go in and they're caught out, right? They're raptured out. People, people say, well, that's us, that's the body. No, it's 144,000. And who are they? They're the tribes of Israel. Okay. I didn't say that. God says that. So don't write me a letter. All right. Who else shows up? The signing of the covenant. Remember those two witnesses? Moses and Elijah? Do you know where they operate? They operate in one city, Jerusalem. You know they never leave that city? They never go outside of that city? They stay right there in that city. And in the midst, middle of the week... Now, I've got them here in the beginning. Some guy's got them in the, after, in the back half. I, it, to me, it fits in the front, okay? That's just me. You put them where you like to put them. Just make sure you put them in the 70th week because that's where they belong. They're, they're killed. They're put on display. Do you know who else is killed in the midst of the week? The Antichrist. He's assassinated. He's laid out on display. He's, he's in state for, guess how many days? Three on the third day, the king of the bottomless pit comes in and resurrects that body. Stands him right up, right there on the spot. You got Revelation 12? Go back to 2 Thessalonians 2. Got to put this stuff together because this is the rest of the story. 2 Thessalonians 2. When, the, when the, the king of the bottomless pit comes up, resurrects that body, guess what people do then? <gasps> There's Messiah. Because what's the book say? Three days and three nights, he's going to do what? Rise up. But he rises up not as man. When a man dies, his soul goes either to heaven or hell, doesn't it? The Antichrist's soul goes to hell. But who's sitting there? His body. Supernaturally, demonically possessed. And you know what he begins to do? If you look there at verse... For who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Verse 9, verse 8, And then shall that wicked be revealed. The wicked, that's who he is. Verse 9, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. You know what this man's going to be able to do? He's Superman. He can do it all. But who is he? He's the son of, he, he is the son of perdition. And he begins to rule. Matthew says it's going to be as a great tribulation as no one has ever seen. And he's going to go, Revelation 12, go back now to Revelation 12, and they're going to go and they're going to run and they're going to do and they're going to kill and they're going to maim and they're doing it all in the name of God. 
The thing, by the way, the thing about 2 Thessalonians 2 is he's going to have all that is worshipped. The Muslims aren't going to be a problem in that day. They're not. You know what they're going to do? They're going to come and fall prostrate before that guy and give him their allegiance. In the Roman Catholic Church, sorry, it's the Antichrist. And his career now is the son of perdition. Revelation 12. When the Son of Man comes back in his second coming. Okay, man, we got another. The 12 apostles, it, David will be resurrected, sit on the king, 12 apostles on the 12 thrones. By the way, we didn't look at Luke 19. He's where he, the parable there, and he gives them authority over ten cities, over five cities. There's authority laid out. That's all government. Okay? While all of this is being set up, you and I are being ushered into the heavenly places. Because Revelation 12, verse 7, and there was a, what? A war in heaven. That war in heaven is between Michael, the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and, and uh, I can't think of where it's at now. It says he's going to bathe his sword and blood in the heavens. Okay? So there's the Lord Jesus Christ. There's the war. This is the first, it's, this is happening in the first half of the week. Where was Michael at just at? He's over here at our gathering, wasn't he? Yeah. The, the Lord is over here. He just took us up to the third heaven, comes back down. Why? Because it's time to get on with Israel's program. Follow me? Follow what's happening? The steps? Keep reading. Verse 8, verse 7. There was war in heaven, and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought, and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in the heavens. Their place. I told you, heavenly places are real. They're organized. They just got kicked out. Never to go back. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceived the whole earth, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. Where does that voice say that? In heaven. Revelation 12, 10. All right, are you ready? Hold on to Revelation. Come back to 2 Timothy Second Timothy 4 and verse 18. If this is a heavenly kingdom, Revelation 4, 2 Timothy 4.18, Paul says, deathbed confession here, if you will, going to die, and the Lord shall deliver me up from every evil work and will preserve me unto his, what? Heavenly kingdom. Revelation 12 now, verse 10, now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. Where is that voice saying this at? In heaven. Guess who showed up in the heaven out here? 
It's been cleaned up, hasn't it? And what has God established in the, in the heavens? His kingdom. Who's the heavenly kingdom people? That's us. Church, the body of Christ. Now go back to Revelation 12, because we ain't done yet. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. What happened to the adversary? He's kicked out. He's cast down to the earth, isn't he? That happens in the middle week, middle of the week, the midst of the week. Okay? Verse 11. And they overcame him. They, the overcomers, the nation, little flock, Israel, all right? By the blood of the Lamb and by the, the word of their testimony, and they live not their lives unto, unto the death. So the adversary is cast down, and off he goes after them, okay? Now watch verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that do what? Dwell in them. No, what's after the word them? What's the punctuation? Period. There we are. And what does it say that we're doing? We're dwelling. Aren't we not? What's the verse say? Therefore rejoice. Oh, isn't that going to be a happy day? Ye heavens. Why is it plural? Because we still got the second heaven and the third heaven. We're not to verse chapter 21 of a new heaven and a new earth yet. We still got, but there's the body of Christ. It would be over here, but I'm not going to scratch on that. That's the closest that you and I come to be talked about in the book of the Revelation is right here. And it has nothing with us coming back and taking names and killing people. It has us doing what? Rejoicing and dwelling. We're at home, our dwelling place. Now come over to chapter 21. So what happens? Rest of the week works out. Second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. He takes the beast, the false prophet, P, prophet, cast them down into the lake of fire, right? They're gone. He takes Satan, thousand years. The only reason why we know that is because the book of the Revelation says Satan's bound for a thousand years. Come on over, Revelation 20, Revelation 21. Okay, what happens at the end of the thousand years? Satan's loose for a moment in time to deceive the, and by the way, he's deceiving the Gentile nations. Okay, because in the kingdom, the nation of Israel, the believing remnant, the true Israel of God, is established, set, and done. They will never be deceived again. Okay? Okay? I, again, man, we're ten minutes over. Everybody looks at the clock. <laughs> Just give me ten and we'll be done, okay? All right? So, because um, I want to get the rest of the story done. All right? The nation of Israel is set. David's on the throne. The 12 apostles, the 12 tribes. In the thousand years, they're doing the Matthew 28 commission of going out into the nations and getting people to come in. They're doing Isaiah. They're setting all that up. They're, getting, they're out amongst the Gentiles. Satan is loosed. He goes after the Gentiles to deceive them one more time just to go get them. And boom, he got them. And then what shows up? 
I'm running out of boardroom. The great white throne judgment, right? The end of Revelation 20. Okay? What happens? Death, hell, and the sea. By the way, that sea is not the Pacific Ocean. Okay? Just to bust that bubble for you. That sea has to be with that water that's beneath the earth. Remember our container. Remember the container? Here it is. We got here. Here's earth. The sea, the deep, remember we did all that? Please say yes. Thank you. Okay, make me feel good. All that is cast into the lake of fire. Okay? It's all done. Sin has been dealt the final blow. Chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw a, isn't that interesting? A new heaven and a new earth. What is gone now? Sin's been dealt with one last time, the final time. The container is gone. Come over with me. Hold on to here. Just hold on right here. 1 Peter 3. 2. Too much? Overwhelming? It's a lot here. 1 Peter 3. Make it... 2 Peter 3, I'm sorry. 2 Peter 3, watch this. This Blow your socks off. 2 Peter 3, verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. You know what's going to happen to the old earth and the old heavens is a nuclear bomb's going to go off. And it's going to call, be called the right arm of the righteousness of the Lord our God. And he's going to take that old container that dealt with sin and he's going to do away with it completely. Revelation 21 Look over with me, if you will, at verse 10. And he carried me away in the spirit of the great to a great high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, doing what? Descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a jasper stone and gives that description, gives the measurements in verse 17, lays it all. And you know what God does? He brings that holy Jerusalem, his throne, his city, and he sets it on the command center of the universe, and it's called the third rock from the sun. It's called earth. And the problem with the scientists is they start doing all their little distancing measurement nonsense and they say the earth doesn't do this and the sun does that. And you know what? It's not what the book said. The book says that the center of everything, his throne room, is going to sit on the earth regardless if it sits in the sun. You know that science has proven that if our planet was just a couple degrees the wrong way, we would burn or a couple degrees the other way, we would fry, I mean freeze. And if we were another degree the other direction, we could not witness the vastness of the second heaven. God put this planet right where it belongs, hung it out there on nothing, because it's going to be the center command center of the universe. The Godhead is going to come and sit. The, the container is gone. The heavens, 
There we are. There's the body. We're going to fill up that. Think about what's beyond the container. It's just going to go on and on and the vastness of it. You see, that's the rest of the story. That's what God's after. That's the glory plan. Now come back with me to Ephesians 1. I'm sorry, you guys need to go home. Ephesians 1, verse 9 and 10. I put the baby to sleep even in the back room. (laughs) Ephesians 1, verse 9 and 10. Verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of time. You see that thing about the dispensation of the fullness of times? So, time past, ages to come, but now. Then we have a dispensation of the fullness of time. When time is going to come to its fullness. There's a time element to that. Okay? And that timing element is roughly about 33,000 years. Roughly. That's going to be the intro to the ages out there that are going to follow. Now, where that number comes from, okay, get two passages quickly. Get Leviticus 12 and Deuteronomy 7. Get Leviticus 12. In Deuteronomy 7. Because you can, again, folks, I told you, you can take your Bible and you can work this stuff out if you get your head out of the sand. Leviticus 12, uh uh-oh, the Bible's falling apart. Leviticus 12, verse number 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak ye unto the children of Israel, saying, If a woman hath conceived seed and born a man-child, then she shall be unclean how many days? Seven days unclean. Okay? According to the days of the separation of her infirmity, shall uh, shall she be unclean. In the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised, And she shall then continue in the blood of her purifying three and thirty days. How many days? Thirty. Isn't that interesting? Thirty-three. Okay. She shall touch no hallowed thing, nor come into the sanctuary until the days of her purifying be fulfilled. How many days? Seven days and thirty-three days. By the way, seven plus thirty-three equals forty. Got all this numerology of Israel, right? Deuteronomy 7. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. The Lord did not set his love... um, Verse 9, sorry. 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a... How many generations? Thousands generation. All right, you ready? Oh, where to put it? (laughs) Okay. You got seven days, right? Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven. What happens on day eight? Circumcision, cutting away of the flesh, right? The new beginning. So, I got to. 
you have, then you have 33 days, and you have a thousand generations, right? Okay? That's the numbers. The time from creation to Calvary. Six thousand years. Right? Let's just a thousand a year, right? One, two, three. Okay. What's to come in the seventieth the seventh year? The kingdom. Seven thousand years. What happens after the kingdom events are all over? The eighth day, what do they do? Circumcise, cut it all away. You with me? Number eight in your Bible is the number of new beginning, by the way. What do we have? We have a new heaven and a, and a new earth. Thirty-three days. Thirty-three is how old the Lord was when he went to Calvary, wasn't he? That is the perfect number for a generation number. Everybody likes 40. 33 is the perfect. 33, how many generations? Thousands. If you add the 7 on that, you can even go out to 40,000 if you want. Sorry about the scribbles. Okay? The dispensation of the fullness of times is going to run... Roughly 33 to 40,000 years by just using a few. She's unclean how many days? How many, how many days is the creation unclean? Seven days. Thousand year, 7,000 years. Then what does he do? Dissolves it all and produces on that eighth day circumcision, cuts it all away and produces something new. Right? The intro period to this will run about 33,000 years. You're going to need some time to learn how to use that new body anyway. Okay? Just got to do some numbers. You work on that. Again, just kind of scratch it for you. All right? I thank you for your patience. This is the rest of the story. We're in place. The Lord Jesus Christ establishes his ruling government for the kingdom. And then out we go. That's the plan, Stan. And that's the facts, Jack. And whether you like them or not, that's how it's going to work out. We just covered it. We just scuffed the surface. This stuff can go deeper and deeper. You take this stuff out here I just did with those numbers. You know, they say, they're, what is the Grand Canyon, something billion years old? The, if Adam was made to look like a 33-year-old man, which is what he was, Okay, then the earth was made to look like what? It had age on it. It wasn't just little saplings. Okay, the earth was, was made with some age on it. Okay, right, up and running. If he looks at Eve, Adam and Eve and says, you can go eat whatever you want out there, you know, that takes some time for all that to grow. It was already there. Okay. And you work on that stuff and figure it out. But when you're talk, talking about the dispensation, then you, then you begin to talk about time in a different element and a different amount. Time is measured simply but from the distance before it takes to move from point A to point B. That's, all, that's time. 
okay? You guys have been sitting an hour and a half now, by the way. All right? There's a lot going on here, okay? The plan is enormous. The rest of the story is while we're doing what we're doing, God's finishing out Israel's program, okay? All right. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that we've gotten, we have in your son, everything that you've given to us, everything that is of meaning in our lives is because of who we are in your son. And we thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. We'll